0: Welcome to the Sadler Lectures Podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an mp3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. In the course of his famous Nicomachean Ethics book 8, Distinction of Three Main Types of Friendship. Of Philia. Aristotle talks about friendships that are at sort of the lowest end of that. They're not friendships in terms of who the person is on account of virtue. They're not friendships in terms of the pleasure that the friends provide to each other in the course of the friendship, but rather they are friendships in terms of what we can call usefulness or utility. This is a variety of the good that Aristotle calls in Greek some And we can think of this in terms of instrumental good, that the useful is always useful as an instrument to get something else. So, you know, money is a useful good par excellence because it's actually not good for anything by itself. It's only good for what you can buy with it. And you can say, well, it has a symbolic value. Sure, but that also is something that resides outside of the bits of paper or the numbers in your ledger. There's many other things that are also useful. Medicine is useful for health, although we don't really enjoy taking medicine. Dressing up in certain ways could be something that's useful for, I don't know, portraying certain characters, certain ethos, but maybe we don't want to put on a button down shirt, you know. All sorts of things where they're not necessarily pleasant, but we do them or we pursue them or we choose them because they provide us with something else. I think for a lot of people, study is like that. You know, when we talk about an instrumental value to education. Why should you study Aristotle? Well, because he's going to improve your critical thinking skills. There you're saying that the value of Aristotle in studying it does not lie in studying it, but rather in something else. You know, maybe you can get hired or do better in your job because you've got critical thinking skills or something like that. Aristotle says there's nothing actually wrong with this. The useful is a kind of good. It's just not the same kind of good as the pleasant or the noble or even uh, the just or certain other kinds of goods. So in a a friendship of usefulness or utility, that provides the basis for the relationship between the two people, for the mutual affection, the antifilesta, coming from the words in return, and loving, or being in an effective relationship with each other, that's what provides that basis. So it's not that you, you don't necessarily feel anything towards the person, but you feel it on account of what it is that you're getting from them. So, you know, if you don't particularly like hanging out with your relatives, but every time that you do, they give you a you know, $10 bill, that's a great example of a relationship of usefulness. Perhaps they like having you around. Maybe you're not actually useful to them, but maybe it's pleasant for them, right? But you're there because you're getting that useful good for yourself. There's many other relationships like this as well. A lot of education relationships are like this. Our relationships that we have where we exchange something back and forth, say, between neighbors can be like that. There's nothing to say that a relationship based on that can't develop into something more. But while it's primarily a relationship of utility, we should understand it as such. So Aristotle thinks that this is actually the easiest kind of relationship to come by because there's so many different ways in which people can be useful to each other. He says even rulers end up having you know, quite a few people who are useful to them. So many relationships, I think, in frameworks of common tasks... Like, you know, sailors on the same voyage uh, would be an example. I think uh, one that we can probably relate to a little bit more easily, people on the same team in an office, people who are engaged in some sort of process that they're not particularly finding enjoyable, but perhaps remunerative or beneficial in some other way. A lot of networking, I think, works like this, you know. We'd like to think that the people that we're networking with are actually genuinely good people who we could get to know and love for their own sake or are at least pleasant to be with. But sometimes networking involves just, you know, exchanging cards and seeing whether we can be a benefit to each other. And if, and if you can't, then nobody emails the other person or follows up on it. And Aristotle, again, he's not saying that this is a bad thing. This is actually a good thing. It's just not the same thing as the other kinds of relationships. Common tasks, common projects, common organizations. These relationships tend to be based on some sort of necessity. They supply each other with what is lacking. So if I, you know, exchange various goods and services with another person and I keep doing that, I patronize their business, I have this sort of relationship with them. If I decide to trade with somebody else. You know, maybe I teach them about Aristotle so that then they can teach me about martial arts or how to balance my books or any of those sorts of things. Those are useful relationships. Those are indeed very useful things, I think could be based on a benefit that we confer upon each other. I scratch your back, you scratch mine, is often how we put this, right? Or uh, some sort of profit that we might derive together. And sometimes these can all be wrapped up in one, where if things work well, we get the benefit of the profit. If things don't work well, then we're placed in a state of necessity where we're lacking something that we need to get from somebody else. So Aristotle says sometimes these are not that close of a connection The strictures that he's told us about friendship, where friends need to spend a lot of time with each other, that's not really the case for friendships of utility. We don't need to actually spend a lot of time with each other, either physically or even virtually. We can interact with each other when we need to and then not interact for quite a long time. He says that in some cases it might not even be pleasant or it could actually be unpleasant These might be people that we would not associate with were we not getting something out of it and were they not getting something out of it in return. Or perhaps there's pleasure involved, right? But we only are thinking about getting the pleasure later on. We're not actually in the relationship because we find the person pleasant or being with the person pleasant, but they can provide us with something that is pleasant. So, for example, in ancient times, It was quite common, you see a lot of satires about this, for not only philosophers, but for many other people to try to get dinner invitations, right? And this is a big thing in ancient times, uh, in part because there's a lot of food insecurity, I think, but also because people who would put on dinner parties usually had a good cook. Cooking took a lot longer back then. If you wanted to enjoy special dishes or things like that, you probably needed to make friends with somebody who was rich. As a matter of fact, if you read Diogenes Laertes, uh, you will find philosophers giving each other a hard time about this at certain points. Uh, some of the students of Socrates, for example. Now, why is that a relationship of utility? The host is inviting the people perhaps to get some pleasure out of them, or perhaps because it increases his or her social status, perhaps because. It It's, you know, it's expected, perhaps, to keep the philosopher or the poet from writing bad things about them. The philosopher or the poet or the historian or whoever it is is showing up there to get a meal out of it and to get a fancy meal, perhaps. Sometimes, you know, you read some of these stories... The dinner parties were not always great occasions. Sometimes you'd get kind of poor fare or, you know, you'd get seated way down there and all the good food is way up here. There's all sorts of permutations on this that we could talk about. I don't want to get too bogged down on it. But it illustrates what Aristotle was talking about here, a friendship in terms of usefulness, right? And you might go back over and over again whenever there's a new dinner going on, right? There's lots and lots and lots of relationships that fall into this class, Now, he also says that friends, the friends who are involved in this, they end the friendship when the usefulness ends. That's a natural thing to happen. The friendship was based upon the friends being useful to each other, providing some sort of service or benefit or necessity to each other. And when they can't provide that to each other, then they don't associate any. They don't feel that feeling of affection, wishing well to the other person anymore. They may not even think about them at all. They just disappear into the mass. These are also, as Aristotle says, most prone to disagreements. Why are they most prone to disagreements? Because it's not based on stronger foundations of really admiring who the other person is or even being pleasant to each other. Each person is trying to get as much as they can out of the relationship, as much of the benefit, the usefulness as they can. And they will often disagree about, well, who is being more useful and what should the trade-off be. And so these are prone to disagreements that can't actually break up the friendship if it becomes too unpleasant or the person ceases being useful. Now, this is also another important point. These can exist between good people and bad people. Bad people, if you hang around with them long enough, they will probably end up hurting you in some way. And and hurt is the, so injury, or the, the injurious is the opposite of the useful. But for a while, bad people can be quite useful. As a matter of fact, there may be some things that bad people tend to be more useful for than good people, although that's, you know, a whole different topic. But this kind of friendship can exist really between anybody. It's the lowest form of friendship. If this is all that a person has in their life, Aristotle thinks that they're kind of missing out because friendship itself is a good thing. But it's it's still better than nothing. And it's, it's very important in the workings, not only of our economy, but even our households, our neighborhoods, all sorts of other things. Our workplaces, a great example, all sorts of other contexts as well. So this is that